This is the Working Drummer Podcast, featuring conversations with ground-level pros from all styles and regions. Real drummers with real stories about making a living in music. Hey everyone, welcome to Working Drummer Podcast. I'm Zach Albetta, and this week is our 400th episode. We've celebrated milestones in different ways over the years, and this time around we wanted to make you, the listener, the special guest. Over the last few months, we've been collecting messages from y'all about where you are in your drumming journey and how the podcast has fit into that. As for Matt and I, we are both in different kinds of transitions on our drumming journeys, so he and I talk about what's going on for us and how how doing the podcast has shaped that and is helping us navigate. So this is an episode in two parts. First, your calls and emails, and then this convo that Matt and I had. We want to thank everyone for calling and writing in. It's been really rewarding to hear from old friends and new, some close to home, some halfway around the world, about how what we do here is valued. And thanks also to everyone who has listened, donated, told a friend about us, followed us on social media. There have been so many ways y'all have supported us over the years, and that support is the reason we've reached 400. Thank you. If you're interested in supporting what Zach and I do here at the podcast, you can become a Patreon member. Find us at patreon.com slash working drummer. Any donation in any amount gets you access to exclusive content that's provided by our former guests. This content covers a variety of topics, but it's all educational and applicable to the working professional. If Patreon isn't your thing, you can make a one-time donation through PayPal, and you can find links to both of these things on our homepage at workingdrummer.net. And while you're there, you can find out more about this episode and the over 300 episodes that we've done over the years. And no matter what your platform of choice is for listening to podcasts, giving us a like, a rating, and review always helps us grow. Hey everyone, Matt here. I just got through listening to all these messages that we've had come in from listeners and past guests that have answered our call to to contribute to episode 400, talking about their favorite episode, what the podcast has meant to them. It has kind of turned into a bit of a love fest. Uh, There's a lot of congratulations. There's a lot of very nice and humbling words sent our way, and I'm just humbled by this conversation. I am humbled by the community that has grown from this. So a couple quick things I can say about this is people are surprised that we have been able to put out 400 episodes or maintain this level of production for so long. But I I have to say that the podcast kind of runs itself. We've gotten to a point where People know us well enough that agencies are calling us and saying, hey, would you interview my drummer or this drummer that we represent, or I have a recommendation for you. So it's really not a lot of effort as far as the logistics. It's more just the joy of sitting down and having these conversations that we would do with anyone. The last and most important thing I have to say about this is that everybody in this podcast, including my co-host, Zach, has become a friend in in some fashion, whether it's just on social media or in person. And I, I value that so much. None of this would happen. None of these people, you would hear their none of their voices if it wasn't for this podcast. And I feel as much a part in the mix as anyone else in this podcast. So I thank you all so much for coming along with me 
in this community, and I'm looking forward to learning more along with you and growing with you. A couple of these uh, conversations is my voice. They are emails that were sent in, and so that's me reading. Otherwise, uh, the other thing I should say is the last message before Zach and I begin our one-on-one conversation in the second half of this podcast is Kenny Arnoff's quick uh, shout-out to me after our interview back in January of 2022. So thank you all so much. Enjoy this. This is uh, Johnny Richardson. I lived in Nashville for about six years. I live in the Philadelphia area now. Um, I did a gig in Nashville uh, that didn't go great, and there were some A-list players on it, and I was feeling really bad uh, about myself. So I went home, took a nap, and uh, woke up, tried to brush it off, and mowed the lawn, got a sweat in. And I was listening to the podcast, and it happened to be Hubert Payne's first episode uh, where he talked about the struggles that he went through and, and what happened in Printer's Alley and living on his sister's couch and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it really just inspired me to keep keep going. Um, that was a moment where I felt like giving up and where I felt like the imposter syndrome had peaked um, and I was sort of questioning everything that I was doing. Um, and I reached out to Hubert and just sent him a Facebook message and said, hey, um, I'm a student of Derek Phillips and he's talked about you and um when i heard that podcast episode um it really inspired me to keep going and uh he had mentioned in the in the episode that he wanted to to tell his story and to inspire people and as we've seen over the past couple of years that's kind of become uh a new career path for him in some ways and um he responded immediately to my message and said let's get together soon i'm so glad that you were able to take something from my story and we ended up becoming friends. Uh, he was able, he was able to be there for me when I had some, um, some repetitive stress injury stuff, some tendonitis stuff going on. Uh, he took the time out of his day while he was on tour, uh, in between sound check and the gig, uh, took time to call me and, and talk, talk me through his experience with that stuff and, and give some words of encouragement. Um, so, yeah, I guess the biggest takeaway from the from the podcast that I've gotten is that it's a community um, that we are a part of, and and nobody's too big or too small to to reach out and lend a helping hand and, and to inspire uh, anybody who might need it. So appreciate you guys and what you're doing, and uh, look forward to hearing the episode. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Matthew. Hey, Zach. Uh, this is Joshua Van Ness from New Jersey. Congratulations on your 400th episode. Absolutely love this podcast. By the way, I'm sorry if you're getting two messages from me. I'll try to keep this brief. Um, again, love the podcast. Uh, I actually resisted listening for a while because um, I-, I thought I would be sort of intimidated by technical drummy talk. Um, obviously, that's usually not the focus of the podcast. And uh, I think I was a little intimidated by the just the title for a while, Working Drummer. I wasn't sure if I was necessarily worthy of listening to uh, that type of conversation. But, um, I, you know, it's really not a conversation about drums as much as it is, as it is a conversation about life told through the eyes of drummers. And that's what I love about it. There's so much that you can take away from this podcast. Uh, my first episode was the Roundtable of Black Drummers in Nashville slash country music. While I don't play country, I can certainly relate to that. I'm 
quite often the only person of color in the room and uh, just took so many uh, you know nuggets away from that conversation. And then I, I find that I tend to like the conversations with guys who I don't think I'm going to enjoy because their style of playing is not necessarily what I do. Um, guys like Todd Zuckerman, um, Dave Weckl, um, you know, I was able to, to take away so much from those conversations about grip and just how the drums are set up and how to sort of preserve yourself physically. And uh, now, especially Todd Zuckerman, I absolutely love listening to him talk about drums, and, and I found a new appreciation for his playing as well. Um, just real quick about me, I am in New Jersey, central New Jersey. I spend most of my time playing drums with a band called The Wag. We're sort of an early 60s early Beatles-influenced pop rock band. I also spend some time playing with Natalie Farrell, uh, not only playing, but recording and writing with her as well. Um, I've done some touring with an artist named Remember Jones, and uh, I tend to be the guy that people call around here when their drummers can't make it, and I kind of show up without rehearsal and just pat it off and, and go. So, uh, again, your your podcast has been incredibly helpful taking me from someone who was kind of a weekend warrior to uh, someone who is um, certainly beyond the hobby point at, at, this, uh, at this juncture. So, again, just thank you for doing what you do. Uh, cheers. Long may you run. Here's to the next 400 episodes. Peace. Hey, Zach and Matthew. It's, uh, it's Mark Stepro calling from Los Angeles. Um, I just got back from a I don't know, two and a half week run on the West Coast with the Wallflowers. Uh, finished up in San Diego, started in Seattle, finished up in San Diego, uh, came back to LA last night. Uh, I've got a couple days at home, kind of getting, uh, shaking the dust off this Butch Walker set. I'm going to head to Nashville on Friday. We're going to do a two and a half week run throughout the Midwest, South, East Coast. But anyway, the point of this call isn't to let everybody know about my schedule. It's it's rather to say congratulations on logging 400 episodes of a rad podcast. That's super cool. I can't imagine that. Well, I don't know. I don't know what your plan was when you started out, but um, the fact that you made it to 400 is just it. it you know, you should be commended for it. It's really special. Um, and I've been, you know, a fan since the jump. Um, for reasons that I discussed on the podcast, on the episode that we did together, but, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to rehash it now, which is to say that, um, you know, un, like, I like all the drum podcasts. Um, I'm not, you know, they're all good, um, but I really like, and I've been on most of them, and they're all pr really pleasant, and I'm, you know, fans of those as well, but I really, what I really appreciate about you guys, and, you know, we spoke about it, I think, at some length uh, when we talked is to, you know, to use a hot cultural studies term like inclusivity and just the fact that you guys are, you know, exposing or giving voice to or exploring guys who, <clears throat> you know, it's the name. It's like the working drummer. You know, you guys are covering guys who aren't household names even within the drum community. I mean, a household name within the drum community is not really a household name in the, in the culture writ large. So if you're not even a household name in the drum community, it's pretty hard to track you down uh, in some ways. So I appreciate, you know, I've just learned so much from a bunch of, a lot of these Nashville guys too. It's like I knew their names from my other Nashville friends, but I never really got into their thing. Um, because a lot of these guys that you're talking to aren't, you know, air quote, famous drummers. And it's nice to um, get to learn about those guys because those guys and what they do and what you guys do is a lot more 
of value to me than, you know, listening to an interview with a famous drummer who said, oh, I just never studied a lot and then I got in this band and now we're famous. Um, that's great for that guy or who gal or whoever it may be, but that's there's not a ton to maybe glean from that. Whereas the, you know, the guys that you have on, they have a lot of like ground level, you know, experience. And it's a lot of guys who, and gals who, you know, I put a, a large premium on this. Premium on this. I take a lot of pride in this. They're people who took the stairs and not the elevator, and those are the people that I want to listen to and learn from. And and that's the you know that's kind of the tribe of folks that I want to be a part of and kind of consider myself a part of. So, kudos to you for shining a light on that or, or focusing on that or having that be kind of the, if I'm understanding it right, the kind of centerpiece of of how your pod works. That's kind of, it seems like kind of your mission statement. So thank you so much for that. Thanks for bringing all this information to all of us and congratulations. And I'll give you guys a shout, uh, in a couple of years, uh, when we're doing episode 800. Okay. Rock on. Here's an email from one of our listeners from Germany, Daniel Jacoby. He says, Hey guys, after listening to your podcast for several months now, the actual episode with Shannon Forrest now finally made me write to you some lines of gratitude. Being a full-time drummer, music coach, producer here in Germany since nearly 25 years now, I often wonder what is or could be the right way to use this whole thing called social media and the internet in a way that is not just, quote, look what I can do and freeze in disbelief because I have nothing to offer in this regard, smiley face, but more in a way that delivers some relevant, helpful content that lifts up and inspires that's exactly what you do with the Working Drummer Podcast. Thank you so much for this cool format that really makes me want to play and develop myself further every time I listen to it. Your questions are exactly what the title of your podcast promises. No silly blah blah, very intelligent asking and storytelling, and simply a joy every time you listen to it. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work. All the best from Heidelberg, Germany. Daniel. Matt and Zach, congratulations on your 400th episode so cool working drummer podcast has been so important to my drumming career and even my life i started listening i think back in 2018 it was in kind of a dark place in transition professionally um between a couple of day jobs um and uh was sticking my head uh deep in um getting my name out there and gigging and uh there's just been so much valuable information that i've got by listening to the podcast um i would say a a favorite one of mine i guess if you're saying favorite is maybe cliche and trite but it's really all of them i mean there's something no matter who the person is uh who the guest is that i'm listening to um and a lot of these these, you know, just as the podcast says, it's working drummers. These are guys who, uh, they have their feet on the pavement and they're, 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 they're doing the, the, uh, they're in the trenches. They're doing the work. And, uh, and that's quite valuable. Listening to their stories, I've gotten just so many things about how to, um, approach my, uh, my career as a drummer. I am a, I would consider semi pro. Um, I do have a day job. Um, I'm in my mid fifties, um, hoping to turn this into more of a 
uh, full-time career towards retirement or even before if that happens. Um, but uh, there's just been so many little tidbits here and there that, uh, especially when I started listening back in 2018, um, that really kind of set my brain straight and helped me with my attitude and my approach in, uh, in, in connecting with other musicians. And uh, uh, I think an early comment of mine was even that my, my wife noticed my improved mood. <laughs> uh, so it's been it's just a joy um, to listen to every episode, every episode and get something from it. Um, you know, in one of the recent episodes, I think uh, Matt said, you know, that uh, um, generally people are more accessible than what you think. And that never has been more true with uh, with the guys from The Working Drummer. I've reached out to Matt several times for some personal advice and talking back and forth, um, getting uh, him, you know, some ideas from him on um, how to approach um, or how to respond to musicians who are reaching out to me for gigs or recording. Um, just uh, wanted to say congratulations on 400 episodes um, just on the success of the podcast and hope that it gets bigger. Um, and I would encourage um, listeners to subscribe to uh, Patreon. Um, there's just so many good nuggets of information uh, kind of behind the wall, so to speak, in there. Um, again, congratulations uh, Matt and Zach on the 400 episode. Here's the 400, 800, 1200, <laughs> 10,000 more, whatever, uh, whatever. Uh, you know, uh, hope you guys uh, just continue this. Uh, this is a valuable service, such an invaluable service to uh to the drumming community um take care guys mike and zach or matt and zach this is aaron from minneapolis first of all thank you for the podcast really appreciate it um too many people too many greats to say specifically who is the best and who's inspired me the most because they all have things that you can take away from um, the main thing I really did take away from your podcast is understanding that to be a pro drummer and a professional drummer, you don't have to be working all the time and you can parlay drumming in so many different parts of your life that doesn't necessarily have to be performing or teaching or whatever. There's just so many different ways. And I also won a symbol from one of your uh, giveaways so and I use that symbol all the time it, it's a Sabian beautiful uh, saving symbol again thank you uh, really appreciate all you do and look forward to more thanks hello Matt hello Zach this is Neil LaFortune here all the way from Aurelia Ontario Canada I am leaving a message to you both to congratulate you on 400 episodes of the Working Drummer Podcast. I would not have been aware of this show had it not been for a chance meeting with Matt Krause backstage, um, actually at Soundcheck at the Manitoulin Country Fest in August of 2017. Matt was there with Michelle Wright and I was there with Megan Patrick and we chatted drums and, and what apps we were using to run our backing tracks, etc. And at the end of our conversation, um, Matt handed me a Working Drummer Podcast business 
card, which I still have, by the way. And as soon as I got home, I began listening to this podcast on my way to various other gigs, on the way to the grocery store, on the way to the gym, etc. I was just absolutely hooked on this show. And I have spent um, probably hundreds of hours and several uh, with several dozen of the guests and learned so much from drummers of all walks of life, drummers that I'd never heard of, but their stories and their knowledge armed me better as a musician and inspired me to aspire. Uh, and thank you so much for uh, the breadth of different guests that you have on the show. It's phenomenal. Some of the guests that really resonated with me are as follows. Jake Reed, Jared Pope, Simon Phillips, Brian Stevens, Kevin Winard, Bob Knight, Billy Ward, Adam Bowman, Harry Myrie, Joe Crabtree, Billy Thomas, Greg Bissonette, Chris McHugh, Steve Sinatra, Harry McCarthy, Dave Stark, Matt TQ, Tom Knight, Dave Weckl, Ash Sohn, and likely many more. Several of these drummers I've just mentioned have become Facebook friends and we're acquaintances and we chat frequently or infrequently, but it began with your show and me reaching out to them to tell them how much I love their episode and how much I feel it benefited me. During the initial part of the lockdown back in March, April of 2020, I had an idea for a live stream show of my own. So I began the Gretsch Afternoon Drum Break, where I chat with fellow Gretsch drum artists from across the globe, and Zach and Matt's style of chatting with the guests more in a conversational style rather than a typical interview style is one that has really influenced my approach with the various different guests that I have on my program. And I must say it was a tremendous honor to be part of your show. I was on episode 287 of the Working Drummer podcast chatting about endorsements, what it's like to work as a drummer in the tribute world, as well as navigating the economic climate of such a, a volatile time. I wanted to mention how great it was to actually meet Matt Kraus in person. A few years ago before the pandemic, he was playing a show in Ontario, Canada, and I met up with Matt. We had lunch, took me in and met the, the wonderful band, watch him set up and do a little bit of sound check. And I'm very grateful to have cultivated a great friendship that began with a business card back in 2017 at a country music festival. So gentlemen, I really didn't mean this message to go on this long, but I wanted you to know that I'm super grateful for all the work that you, Matt, and Zach, and everybody behind the scenes does to make your show happen. It's an invaluable resource for all working drummers, and I humbly and gratefully thank you both. Congrats, guys. Hey, my name is Vilho. I live in the beautiful city of Tampere, Finland, in Northern Europe. And I play drums in a hippie metal band called Ego Kills. I've been listening to Working Drummer Podcast for a couple of years now, and it is by far the best drum content I've been able to find in the podcast world. Every week I look forward to a new episode. There's always something to take away from every guest. Uh, both hosts do a really good job in looking at a drummer's life as a whole, not just 
musicians or professionals, but as human beings first, like like the great Billy Drummond emphasized in a recent episode. I've found new music through the podcast, such as the Steel Woods from the episode with Jay Took, and I've found the valuable teachings of uh, Stephen Taylor, originally from the podcast. And recently, I have especially enjoyed episodes with Adam Box, Joy Lapps, Hubert Payne, and Des Davis, just to name a few. I enjoy every episode, so <laughs> name dropping feels kind of lame. As a Finnish guy, I've learned a lot from the American music business model. It's been really interesting to have this kind of an inside approach to it. And I also respect how often drummers talk openly about their beliefs and their spirituality even, because those kind of things are considered very, very private here in Finland. But I personally find them really interesting and important. So thank you so much, Matt and Zach. Congrats. Keep up the good work. And uh, here's to another 400 episodes and more. Hey, Matthew. Hey, Zach. Hey, everybody out there listening. This is Wes Tweed calling in from Nashville, Tennessee. I just wanted to express my gratitude for the podcast and congratulations on 400 episodes. That is no small feat. I think y'all have been at it since like January 2015, maybe even before that. And and I so appreciate all the work that's gone into this podcast and putting it out there for listeners like me. I've gotten so much value out of the podcast, um, largely because this podcast has created space for all the ups and downs. You know, our life as working drummers, like at times is incredible and glamorous and at many other times, like it's it's not as glamorous and it can be tough to know exactly how to navigate uh, navigate all of that. And I just appreciate that your podcast creates space for those conversations in that crux of like professional and personal balance. Uh, a couple episodes come to mind. This most recent Hubert Payne interview was incredible. There was so much ground covered in this interview. For anybody that hasn't heard it yet, I would highly recommend listening to it. I believe it's episode 373. Um, Hubert talks about uh, flipping judgment into curiosity, which is uh, such an incredible paradigm shift for a critical musician to consider. You know, I think it's important to be critical, but not to the point that it's crippling. And by flipping your judgmental feelings, especially like internal judgment, although it it works externally as well. If you're watching just another guy rip it up on the drums, like don't feel some kind of way about it. Like get create, get curious about what he or she is doing, you know, and, and let it inspire you. But yeah, that that's just such an incredible paradigm shift. I wanted to to bring that one back up. Also, he talks about like maintaining a healthy internal environment, like healthy mental health, so you, that you can be your best self uh, when you're on stage or you know with with other people in your external environment. His idea about everything in your life being a performance is an interesting one, and in order to perform your best, you have to. Uh, have good, healthy mental health, you know, and that's not the first time that that's been talked about on your podcast. Actually, I think it's like a very common theme 
that comes up uh, among many of your guests is the need for uh, um, healthy mental health and healthy physical lifestyle. Uh, that interview with Kenny Arnoff and his eight steps to a healthy life uh, comes to mind for this. Um, yeah, I've loved the podcast. You guys have done an incredible job. Um, I have some actionable advice for some other drummers. These things may be obvious, but they're, they're things that <laughs> clicked for me in the last several years. Um, and I wanted to just share them. Maybe, maybe some other drummers out there can get some value out of these uh, tips. But um, I think it's really important to thank the people that recommend you for work. As a working drummer, you know, you're referred a lot. Yeah, I, I know many of you know exactly what I'm talking about, but you'll get like a text message. Hey, you were recommended by this person. Can you play this date? Whatever. And I, I just think it's so important to manage uh, those relationships with the people that really take care of you and, and to take care of them and just to express your gratitude to them, to thank them for recommending you. Um, memorizing BPMs as part of song titles has been really great. If you're playing gigs where you're playing standards, you know, just to have that like mentally readily available has, is, is really good. Uh, mixing your click. So it actually works within a mix for me. Generally, this looks like, like boosting the highs on a click in a mix has helped me, um, nail down time a lot better. Cause I can actually hear the click in the mix a lot better. I know that's such a no brainer, but, uh, you know, it was pretty groundbreaking for me, and I wanted to pass that on. Um, for the serious players out there, if you don't have custom ears, I I just wanna <laughs> I just wanna say how uh, how worth custom ears are. They'll save your hearing, and you can actually hear what's going on uh, and like play more tactfully because the information that you're receiving through your custom ears is just you know surgically precise uh and again maybe that's a no-brainer but i wish somebody like kicked my butt into gear and and i wish i bought custom ears sooner um i picked up this tip from rod elkins in episode 328 he was talking about a drum dial you know those tools that help measure the tension on your drums and for as long as i can remember i've been against drum dials and been like you know, a, a hardcore, like, no, I need to tune the drums by ear. Just let me feel it out, whatever. And that's all well and good. And I think that should take precedence over using a drum dial all the time. But I would recommend for those serious players out there uh, that you pick up a drum dial if you don't have one, because it, you can start to collect data on your drum set. Let's say you, you your snare tone you know, your snare settles into this beautiful tone that you want to replicate. Well, if you have a drum dial in your possession, you can take a reading and make note of the tension on, you know, each head. And then you can replicate in the replicate that sound in the future using that drum dial. So that, that's been a really good tool. I'd recommend it for other people. And I got that from Rod Elkins off your podcast, you know. Um, these are just some small... The, the things I've brought up here are just small examples of the way that your podcast has affected my life positively and affected my like professional growth positively. And I'm so thankful that 
you've created a space for the real topics, for the nitty gritty, uh, for working drummers like me. Um, because you know, we, we don't have roadmaps out here. So all that we can really go off of is other people's experience and other people's stories. And your podcast has just been a grounding force for me and my journey. And I'm so thankful. Thank you guys for keeping at it for as long as you have big congratulations on 400 episodes. I hope you're feeling the love and appreciation from the community. Um, Y'all, if if you haven't contributed to the podcast, please consider contributing. Uh, let's keep this. Let, let's let's do our part to encourage uh, the growth and longevity of this podcast because it's such a phenomenal value add to our lives. So I'll leave it at that. Congratulations, guys! I love y'all. Hope to run into you soon. Take care. Here's an email from Joe Burkall. Hi, Matt. As much as I would love to leave a voicemail commemorating the Working Drummers podcast, I feel that writing is a better option so I can properly gather my thoughts and not risk effing up or stumbling over my words without being able to hit the delete button. So here you go. Congratulations, Matt and Zach, on achieving this monumental landmark of 400 episodes. That is no easy feat, my friends. I remember it like it was yesterday, flying back to New York City from Tampa, Florida, During a tour with my band, I was scrolling through my iPad in search of decent audio content to make the flight a little bit more enjoyable. Because I do not like flying one single bit, I happened to stumble across your podcast and decided to give it a listen. The drummer from Cindy Wilson's of B-52's touring band was the guest, and it was hook, line, and sinker from that moment on. I haven't missed an episode in, in the last almost eight years now. I actually get a rush of adrenaline when a new episode appears in my library every week. It's almost like the excitement you would feel, or at least I would, when the latest Star Wars trailer debuted in movie theaters. Remember them? You need to understand, I'm a bass player who considers myself a frustrated drummer at heart, who lacks the multitasking ability required to be successful on the skins. Drums, drumming, and the art of groove has always resonated with me. As a youngster, I would bop my head to Schick's La Freak, blasting from the mono AM radio receiver of my parents' 68 Pontiac Le Mans. Drummers are the backbone that keeps the ship steady and afloat while everyone else follows their lead, a task not meant for the faint of heart. So, I tip my hat to you gentlemen for creating a thought-provoking and extremely well-executed platform geared towards normal everyday players around the world. You both possess a very unique gift that has bloomed into a success story I'm honored to have witnessed from afar. Keep up the great work, brothers, and always know that your rhythm mate up here in Hartford, Connecticut, is close at hand in spirit supporting your every move. Warmest regards, Joe Burkall. P.S. Matt, I thoroughly enjoyed your interview with Nick Rescue Linux. Listening to you restrain yourself from being fanboy over his production work with Rush, Zach, your Dave Weckl interview was a great conversation, too. And if I'm not mistaken, not one F-bomb was dropped during the entire show. Is that conceivably possible? Hey, Matt, your interview with Nick was fantastic. Great insights into what uh, producers are looking for from drummers. Uh, And I love the way that you guided the conversation. Keep up the great work, man. Hey, this is Ben LeCourt. I'm currently on tour with the Wallflowers, studying for Mark's Day Pro. I want to take a minute to celebrate my favorite podcast, the Walking Drummer podcast, of course. Uh, Modern drums, which I love, like uh, all of you, I guess. 
This podcast is about humans involved in all aspects of drumming with so many different lifestyles. Uh, the working drummer has been such a good companion to me on planes, in the hotels, uh, in a bunk, on a bus, and of course at home. Uh, I love hearing about the legends, the heroes, we all do, I think, but what I enjoy the most is discovering incredible players, maybe a bit less known, uh, real daily heroes, working drummers. Um, this show picked me up also when I felt a bit down, like when something happened in my, in my daily life, uh, the show was there for me to be inspired or, uh, uh, lifted a bit. It got me entertained on the road, uh, on dog walks as well, my dog takes his time. And it also made me seek, discover new players, stories, products, health improvements, people again, people. So thank you to the best, Matt. Zach, and uh, long live to the Working Drummer podcast. Thank you very much. See you. Here's an email from percussionist and educator Matthew Reiner. Hey guys, congrats on the 400th episode. What an accomplishment. First off, I just want to say that I found your podcast at a very important time in my life. I was feeling very stale in my drumming career and needed something to light a fire under me again. I believe the first episode I listened to was the one you did with Jim Byer. I bought one of his snares and looked up if he did any podcast interviews talking about his company. Your podcast was the first one to pop up, and I've been hooked ever since. There isn't an episode I listen to where I don't walk away learning something new or just feeling more inspired. You are both such great interviewers and always have great in-depth conversations with your guests. It's such a joy listening to you guys on the way to and from gigs. I can't wait to keep growing and learning with this community you guys have created. Congratulations again on the big accomplishment. Matthew Reiner, percussionist, educator. Hi, my name is Isaac Sanchez. I'm out here in Chino, California, and I want to offer a huge congratulations to the Working Drummer Podcast on your 400th episode. Matt and Zach, congratulations. You guys truly kick ass. You give our community so much. You offer so much and you do it with the wit, wisdom and care. And I really appreciate that. And so that's my first thing. Um, congratulations, guys. Listen, I started listening from pretty much the very beginning, maybe a couple of episodes in. I discovered the Working Drummer podcast when Matt was uh, taking that on. Um, and uh, I just... I loved it right from the beginning. Listen, I'm a high school English teacher, uh, and as an educator, whenever I go to a professional development, I cannot stand wasted information, stuff that's not going to help me in my classroom the next day. Uh, I need to know that what I'm hearing is going to be useful the next day in my classroom. Well, the Working Drummer Podcast has always been that for me on the musical level with my drumming. Uh, I would listen and people's experiences, the products, just information, uh, tools, tips, everything uh, would be useful to me. And so I, that kept me coming back. And so I appreciated that so, so much. Uh, that's the main thing. Now, from some episodes. Um, there's so many to pick from, but I've, I've tried to gather some uh, from my memory that just stand out. So I'm using them for that reason that they're standing out. Uh, first, uh, Jim Riley from uh, Rascal Flats, when that was happening, uh, I discovered his uh, playing 
through the podcast. And, and so I started to listen to the Rascal Flats and just fell in love with Jim's powerhouse drumming, first of all. I love the fact that he was an educator like me and uh, he was bringing his education to his drumming. Uh, and uh, one of the things that was totally useful of many was his Song Charting Made Easy book on the Nashville number system. Um, I played for a lot of churches and I needed to learn songs quickly and efficiently and well. Uh, I don't have time to mem- memorize that music, not with a full-time career and me trying to juggle other things uh, outside of my work. And so uh, learning the Nashville number system was a game changer for me. So there was some very useful information uh, that I got out of his podcast there. Um, the other one was, uh, and these are not in any order. Um, listen, I've been on a health journey. I've lost 35 pounds in the last year. And so I was drawn to the episode that Zach did with the co-host, a uh, guest host, um, the idea of cooking your own meals, how they were making that happen on the road, uh, the importance of knowing what you're putting in your own food. And so, uh, I love that idea. That means more to me now than it ever has. So I've listened to that podcast again. Thank you, Zach, about that. They were talking about uh, the importance of using the right tools in the kitchen. And so that was like a non-musical thing, but that means so much to me now on my health journey. Uh, Another one was Brian Stevens, uh, uh, something of a mad scientist out there in Atlanta. Um, I listened to that episode and immediately followed up by purchasing his Session Ace in-ear monitors and have loved them ever since. I bought the first iteration that he had, sold those to a buddy when his second version came out, bought those, and I still have those, and I love them. Uh, I use them in a, a recording studio. I've been fortunate to be a first-call drummer at a session here in Orange County for the last 15 years now uh, at an open mic thing that they do, and I use my Session Ace in-ear monitors Uh, for that. And I love them. Brian, thank you for that. I just found out a couple of weeks ago that my worship leader here at my church in Chino bought his pair also after buying a different product. Uh, He went back to what I told him to get the first time. So I'm kind of happy about that. Another episode, hugely meaningful to me because it was more than just an episode, was Nick Buddha. Uh, When I uh, learned about Nick Buddha and found out that he had been interviewed on the uh, early on, I think the first or the second interview on the Working Drummer podcast, went back, listened to that. Don't know how I missed it, um, but fell in love with his playing, just his attitude, his down-to-earth attitude, but his killer playing, and uh, knowing what he did through the Taylor Swift uh, first, I think, three, uh, four or five albums, and that I just kind of listened to those over and over again to, to learn more about him, but this become very became very meaningful to me because I wanted to meet with him. I had the chance to meet Carlos Vega at the Baked Potato many years ago, of course, and uh, he, I got to the point with him to where he was willing to sit down and listen to my playing at the time and to give me some tips on that. Of course, he passed away soon after that. A huge opportunity missed, and so I didn't want that to happen again, so I dialed in to Nick and just made contact to see if I can make that happen. That's when I found out that he had been interviewed on the Working Jordan podcast, made the connection with Matt, found out their relationship. And uh, I made uh, time or Nick made time for me while I was out in Nashville one time to uh, give me a private session. And so I uh, paid for a session to be with him. He was so welcoming uh, to me. I got to see a track uh, that he uh, recorded right in front of my face from just listening to him uh, finding a way, getting ready to send it off. It was an incredible masterclass uh, that I had a private 
lesson there for that. Uh, Nick gave me more time than I'd asked for. I really appreciated that. And he welcomed me back in the future. I know he's very busy right now. And uh, so I hope to take advantage of that soon. But that was my chance to say I want to meet with a solid session player, a world-class player, and sit and and be able to listen and, and, and pick his brain and see what he does and take that back with me. So Nick Buddha, if you're listening, thank you so much for that. I look forward to getting together with you again. Uh, finally, the last couple of things, uh, I guess my other episode that I really, really love was the one where I heard my name called on a dra- uh, on a drawing, a raffle drawing where I want some Aquarian heads. I love that Chris Brady and his crew out here uh, in Orange County at the Aquarian Drumhead Center. Um, uh, Bart Robley is um, he endorses uh, those heads, and so I got to meet Chris through Bart. And uh, Bart, of course, was a a guest on the Working Order podcast, also an educator. He's he taught me some great stuff, also when I've needed some my hand chops put together. Bart was my go-to guy. So I love that episode. I was introduced to Aquarian Heads. I love them. And uh, so thank you, Chris, out there. Thank you, Working Your Podcast, for getting those heads to me. Bart, for making the introduction. It all worked out wonderfully. Uh, last things I'm going to say is this. Uh, I try to live my life with gratitude. And so I started supporting the Working Drone podcast as soon as I was able to. I've gotten so much. I just don't think it's cool to take so much and not offer back. And so I offered what I could at the beginning and I've upped my financial gift as much as I could up to this point and hope to do so again in the near future. I love being able to give to these guys because I've gotten so much I couldn't pay back uh, what I've gotten from them. So my monthly uh, offer is what I'm able to do. And I encourage anyone that has listened to uh, to support it. I think it's the fair. I think it's the right thing to do if you've gotten something out of it, whether it's a one-time or a monthly thing as I do. So um, thank you guys for that. I've gotten so much from it uh, that I appreciate uh, it. And it's the best money that I can give per month uh, to you guys. Finally, 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 the best thing I've gotten out of it is a buddy. Matt, thank you for being such a kind friend to me. Uh, I gained a friendship out of this podcast. Whenever I travel out to Nashville Nashville to meet with my brother, um, whenever I get to do that, um, I call up Matt and say, hey, can we meet? And Matt has met with open arms. So Matt, thank you so much for our friendship and good luck on the next 400 and beyond. Zach, Matt, you guys are kicking ass out there. Thank you for what you do. Keep doing it. Hey, Matt, that was amazing. That was really great. Great questions. I like the whole vibe you have. I like the way you talk about community. Uh, you involve your, your people with, they get to ask questions. Amazing. It was great, man. It was a, a pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me. What we've asked our listeners to do is to call in and talk about the impact of the podcast and how it's affected their choices and their career and their life. And I feel like we need to turn that mirror on ourselves. And right yeah. now in 2023, where you are at, where I am at, and um, I'm guessing that a part of that, I know for me that a part of the decision-making and why I'm doing what I'm doing right now has a lot to do by the effects of my uh work with the podcast and the interaction with the community. And, yeah, for uh, sure. And I was, I was going to ask you, like, are there, um, are there episodes or, or are there, you know, quotes from somebody you interviewed that have been like sort of on a loop in your head as you've gone through this transition and, and made mm-hmm. this decision? 
because I like I can I can point to specific things that specific people said, uh, you know, that have led to my mindset and where I'm at now. Yeah. Well, let's 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 kind of lay the groundwork here for kind of what we're doing and then um, and bounce this back and forth if we can. So right now it's January 2023. Uh, for me, I'll tell my my bit is that I was, uh, you know, working in Nashville, playing on Broadway, recording at home, uh, doing the podcast, um, doing the uh, other sessions. And then kind of the gig that was part of my identity was being the touring drummer for this group called the Front Men of Country, which is three lead singers from former bands of the 90s, uh, Lone Star, Restless Heart, and Little Texas. And that kind of built over time into a full-time gig uh, that I was, that, that has, you know, it's it's kind of, for fans of 90s country, it's kind of a, a dream gig with, with three great bands and, and great singers and stuff like that. Uh, but I found myself uh, not wanting to do it for a variety of reasons, but mostly I had been on the road. I'd done the touring and the commitment and the requirement of being tied to a one, you know, artist, one thing, um, is asking a lot unless the situation is just 110% what it is that you need personally whether it's financially, whether it's music, whether it's personalities and all that stuff. So that just didn't click all the boxes for me. And I think that my decision to leave this group is more reflective of who I am at this stage of my life uh, after doing this, uh, as after being a full-time musician for over 20 years here in Nashville, um, than it does about the situation because there's drummers after I announced that I was leaving and people knew, I mean, there was drummers lining up to do it and people that want to do it. And it's great. Sure. They've got a guy who's going out with them this weekend. That's going to crush it and probably will take the gig. And it's, and it's really great. Um, and I have the support of my wife to, to do this and my family and everything like that. And it's going to mean a complete shift in my workload. And so now I'm looking at, a regular Monday night gig, and then the random calls, and I've been doing some home sessions here uh, in the first couple weeks, which has been great, but really not a lot. And it, mm-hmm. and, and it depends on the time of the day that you ask me. I could be like, <laughs> I'm cool, or I could be completely scared shitless about yeah. how I'm going to make mortgage next, uh, the mortgage payment next month. Um, but... Um, that's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at yeah. right now, and um, and I I feel confident that something will happen. I'm not afraid to work, and I've said this in years past on this podcast. If I need to go get a regular job or go you know work part time or do some construction or whatever, I will do it. It's more right. important to me that um, I stay true to my relationship with drums and music. Uh, that I maintain a healthy relationship than just take gig gigs for the sake of of pay and that right. has, that has been something that I've struggled with and as you know um, I, I sometimes that's the last thing I, that's the first thing I think of it's like I just need to work I need to stay busy be you know stay busy full time and then I find myself in situations that I don't want to be in 
Mm-hmm. And um, I just don't think that's healthy, and I'm tired of it. I'm really tired yeah. of it. And yeah. um, so you ask me if there's a guest, if there's a, a, a quote, a something, something. There really isn't. There is um, conversation after conversation with drummers, not that are doing things that I wish I was doing, but are doing things that they, are f- they're, they feel really connected to. They feel confident. They... Um, they're like, and it could be anything. It could be a, a minor gig. It could be a part-time gig. It could be their whole life. It could be their whole identity. But there's right. just there's just a passion about it. There's a I've worked really hard to establish these relationships with these people in this community, in this genre, in this you know whatever this network of musicians, studios, whatever, and um, and my hard work has paid off. I, I know exactly what you mean about like. You don't necessarily want that person's gig or that person's career, but like you see um, just how they are, uh, what whatever it is their career looks like, they're fulfilled and secure as a person. Yes. Right. Like they have, they have their place in their community. They're, um, you know, and that, that could take a lot of different forms. That could be, uh, you know, just being, uh, a go-to guy in a fourth tier city, or that could be doing an arena tour. But like we've interviewed so many people who, um, you know, regardless of, of what their professional life entails, they're like, I feel great about what I'm doing and who I'm doing it with. Um, it reminds me of, you know, we've, we've talked about Elitch so much. Um, but one of the reasons I, you know, started studying with him is because I watched him play and like, he, I do not play like Elitch. I mean, nobody does, but I, I don't hit that hard. I'm not that choppy. I'm not that fluid. I'm not that active. Like I'm, I'm never going to play like Elitch. But when I saw him play, I was like, I want to, I don't want to play like him. I want to feel how he feels yep. when he plays. Yes. Um, and, and you can translate that to just looking at someone's overall career, their overall life. It's like, I, I don't want to do what they do, but I just, I want to, feel how they feel <laughs> in their yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. Well, in a, in a, in a big in, uh, aspect of the decisions that I'm making is to have more control of my schedule. I like to have control. I like to be able to say no. When you're with a touring band and you are the drummer, anything they book, even if it's the next day, you have to be there. Yep. Uh, and, and it's like, I need to take more control of that. And part of that is the physical aspects of it. And as I'm working to become more and more healthy and have m- new breakthroughs in my ability to be more physically connected to the drums and overcome some repetitive stress injuries through a variety of things, including Davey Litch and working with my buddy Aaron Apter. Um, that requires some focused time in the practice room, in the gym, um, and, uh, and, and that requires, you know, diet and other kinds of things that the road is not a friend to it is not so um, <laughs> that was another uh, uh aspect of that um so yeah man and, and how and, is how is your how is your whole physical thing because we've we've yeah. talked about that along the way and i think the you know the listeners have kind of been uh on this journey with us and and our our respect uh <laughs> our respective uh physical breakdowns and <laughs> rebuilds right right <laughs> Well, I can say that um, I wish there was like a magic bullet and something I could say I turned a corner and all of a sudden I'm like, hey, dude, I'm better now this week. And 
uh, it's a slow climb, and there's dips and valleys within that climb. But I can say with confidence, I'm better than I was six months ago, much better than I was two years ago. And I've had some breakthroughs recently that have been exciting. And um, it's, I think when you reach a point in your, in your playing where you're like, man, I don't know what to work on in the practice room. (laughs) Well, this is, this is like, I really know what I need to work on. And you feel that progress and there's that feedback that is, that is now turning from potentially depressive and depression into inspiration and yeah. um, I've had some good gigs recently, and I've walked away and just felt excited about playing, excited about new things. And um, so, yeah, it's going well. It's going to take some continued continued work, but um, it's not going to hurt me at all, man. I'm I'm 51. I will be 52 in April, and I will be doing things that is going to require me to continue to play for decades. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm feeling the same thing. It's like, there is no, um, there, there is no point at which you're like, I'm cured. I'm good. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I don't, I don't have to, uh, keep working on this. My arm is good. My hip is good, whatever. Like it is, I'm, I'm just, you know, sort of, uh, making peace with the fact that it's going, it's going to be constant maintenance for the rest of my fucking life. Yeah. Until I stop playing or drop dead. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, and, which is great. All right. I've been taking over this whole thing. Tell everyone what's going on with you and uh, what's happening. So, yeah, I'm, I'm um, right around the two month mark, 50 uh, some odd shows into this uh, tour with, it's the touring production of Ain't Too Proud, which is the Broadway Temptations musical. Um, and uh it's been it's been amazing like it has kicked my ass in a couple of good ways um i'm still acclimating to life on the road i'm still acclimating to the physical demands of this show um and uh you know just a big (laughs) big big changes for every aspect of my life musically professionally financially personally um, and I feel like, uh, it's going well. I'm sort of, you know, I have guarded optimism about, um, you know, just my own ability to sort of maintain everything I need to maintain from the road, mm-hmm. uh, and on the road. Um, and anything you know, that has surprised you about being on the road? Cause it, I mean, this is the thing you and I are like switching places. Yeah. You know, I was on the road, you and 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 you were working and doing your thing in Atlanta. And now it's like I'm trying to stay home, and you're like I'm out, and you're away from your yeah. wife and your dog and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I've I've surprised myself a little bit in a in a good way, just just about um, my adaptability, um, because I I think of myself as a cranky old inflexible fuck. Um, which, but you put it on your business card, man. That's the first mistake. (laughs) Uh, um, and yeah, I was, I was sort of, um, worried about my, my own ability to just sort of, um, keep my shit together, uh, logistically, emotionally, 
whatever, like on the road. Um, but I've been able to sort of, you know, like I'm a creature of habit. I'm a creature of ritual. I have, you know, whether it's my coffee in the morning or the cocktail at night or, you know, cooking a lot or whatever. Like I have these things that I'm very attached to at home. Um, but I've found ways to recreate them on the road and it's not the same, but it, it still sort of like checks the same box. Um, you know, to, to me it's, it's, um, just under the big umbrella of self care. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm really good at self care. (laughs) So, you know, some, sometimes to a fault and, and, um, it's one of the things that I was kind of worried about, uh, with, uh, Christina is that, um, cause she travels for work also. And, you know, we're, we're accustomed to being apart. Um, it's, it's never really been an issue for us, but like you said, this is an extreme. Um, and, uh, like one of the things I was kind of watching out for, and I'm still watching out for is that when, when we're apart, whether she's out of town or I'm out of town, um, I, I tend to just sort of, uh, revel in the solitude and, um, uh, you know, if, if my, if my solitude is sort of encroached upon, um, even if it's in a very routine and reasonable way, I, I sometimes react like, man, I don't want to talk on the phone. Man, I don't want to get on zoom. I, you know, I just want to be alone. I want to, you know, so I've had to, um, you know, be intentional about not slipping into that and, you know, reaching out to Christina and staying connected with her and um, being more willing to uh, talk and connect at times or in places that um, I I don't, it's not necessarily what I want to be doing. Um, So, um, so yeah, I, you know, you asked me like, what has surprised me? Um, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to give myself an A plus. I'm not, I'm not quite killing it out here yet, but in, in those regards, in terms of just like, you know, rolling with the travel, staying connected to Christina, keeping my shit together, not getting frustrated, not getting impatient. Um, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've pleasantly surprised myself. <laughs> yeah. You're at a place in your life where you understand how important it is to maintain your relationship. And it's not because of her. It's because of the two of you. It's because of yeah. the support system that has been there for you. And, right. um, and and at the end of the day, that's what remains, you yep. know. Um, yep. And it's it's in my interest, um, you know, just professionally and and musically. Like it is in my interest to uh, do the the wife part really well because if I if I suck at it, she's gonna put the kibosh on all this and be like, "You're you're coming home. Fuck this." I you know, but if I'm, if I'm good at it, if we are able to stay connected and our, our relationship does stay solid and Mm -hmm. vibrant and, you know, we don't just survive, but we, we thrive under these circumstances, then, um, I'm going to have the option to continue doing this kind of work if I want to. Um, you know, but if I, if I drop the ball on my relationship, that option is just going to get taken away from me. I told Christina, like you, you have veto power over this gig. Mm -hmm. Um, at the time I accepted the gig, um, there were, it was, it was August, 2022. And there were basically dates booked out through August, 2023. Um, so, you know, we were like, we're, we're signing up for a year. 
And I said, if, if at the end of that year you are fucking over this and Mm -hmm. not digging it, like you have veto power, I will do this for a year and, and no more. Um, but you know, like I said, if we, if we are good at this, (laughs) then, you know, I'll have, I'll have the option to do it, to do it longer. And I don't know if I'll want to do it longer. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about these, these two equally possible sort of, uh, outcomes where, you know, I I could get to the end of this year and be like, no, no, regardless of where Christina and I are at, I could be like, man, I am sick of being on the road. I've played this show 400 times. I'm sick of it. I miss my house. I miss my dog. I miss my wife. Obviously I'm done. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's equally possible that, that I could be like, you know, I'm, I'm digging this show. I love being out on the road. Um, I certainly, I certainly like these paychecks. Um, (laughs) and I want to, you know, I want to stay out here. I want to keep doing this. So, um, you know, if, if I do it well in terms of my relationship, that that'll be an option for me. We've talked about it a million times, but we're both really fortunate to have partners who are just totally in our corner. And, yep. and it's, it's not that they let us do whatever the fuck we want and get away with it. It's, it's that they hold us accountable to do what we want to do as much and as well as we can do it. Um, and, you know, I mean, when, when the possibility of this gig came up, uh, Christina was like, if, if you get this gig, you're fucking doing it. you know there was there was there was never any question um and you know get getting this gig and accepting it um in my mind was sort of um like you said earlier doing doing right by the investment she made in me because there was um you know i when when the possibility came up um I like I hedged a little bit at first. I was like, "Oh, I mean it it seems like a cool gig, but do I want to commit to something that specific for that long?" You know, I I, I started just second guessing the gig itself and sure. whether it was a good good move for me. As and, well you should. You know. Yeah, but very quickly I was like, "What are you fucking dumb? Like this is the biggest coolest thing you've ever had the opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. And if if you turn down the biggest coolest thing you've ever done, um, that's just a slap in the face to all the years <laughs> that Christina has been in my corner. And, you know, like when I, I, I feel like this opportunity is the culmination of her support. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's not that I was obligated to take the gig because of that, but it, you know, it, I just wanted to sort of, uh, pay off for her, the, the investment that she made in me. Of course, of course. But you know, at the same time, when you talk about that, you know, this is the biggest thing, I think it still has to be right for you because you, again, you have to define what is the biggest, you know, best gig for you compared to maybe what it looks like on paper or on social media, you know, in a sense. And I think that that is a blurred line. And so it, to kind of, I think I, I think I could argue that working with the front men, when I think of like the number the the thirty number one hits, the thirty million records these guys have sold, they've all been nominated for Grammys. One of them has a Grammy. I would say collectively, this is that that was probably the biggest gig I've ever had. You know, mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, but it was it the biggest thing for me? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It just it wasn't. I, the right thing for me and 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 it's like 
part of my struggle in deciding what to do once I felt disillusioned with it was, I wonder what people are going to think about me leaving this gig if they think I'm a fool. And I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> What's wrong? You know, and that is something, that is a question that I think without the experience that we have with the guests that we talk to on the podcast, it would be a question that I wouldn't have even entertained. It, this is the, the allowing uh, the information to kind of wash over me, because as I say to everybody who's listening, I'm as much in this community as anyone else. I'm learning along with everyone else right. and growing with everyone else. That it's like I feel like this empowers me to um, from other people's experience to be like, what's right for me? Don't stop thinking about what other people think about the decisions that I'm making with whether it's the way I play to the gigs yep. that I take. Um, so uh, I, uh, it just I, I so appreciate the community that we built up over time here. Uh, to to allow me to 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 make healthy decisions, uh, so at the end of the day, I'm I'm happier, you know. Yeah, and and this speaks to something I've been thinking about a lot, which is, um, did you uh, did you watch the Brene Brown Netflix thing? I don't Br like Brene Brene Brown is a uh, um, sort of a uh, I don't know if she's a therapist or a psychiatrist or whatever, but she did like she did a TED talk a few years ago, and then like a Netflix special. And it's kind of it's kind of self helpy, um, <clears throat> but uh, it's it's really it, it covers a lot of bases uh, just from a personal, psychological, professional standpoint. One of the things she talks about is in the workplace, whatever your job is, like one of one of the things that fulfills you in your work is um, belonging. Mm. in that mm -hmm. job or in that community and she she differentiates belonging from fitting in and she said most people at their jobs fit in oh because they have a they, they have a skill set you know you adapt to whatever the job is and you look at it and you're like yeah i can do that i can figure out how to do that um but that's not the same as you know having a sense of belonging in your work and it's not necessarily about like you know, the people you work with being quote unquote family or whatever. It has to do with the role you're playing, the work you're doing, how it interacts with your psychological disposition. Um, and there's, there's no, there's no fitting in. There's no sort of contorting yourself to, uh, fit the shape of that job. It's like, no, the shape I am fits in here. Um, yes, doctor. I mean, if, dude, it, that is it, 110%. I mean, when you are yeah. traveling, when you are touring and you are on a bus, that is different, requires a different skill set than going and playing the gig. And I can mm -hmm. do this, I can do this gig, I can adapt, I can learn the songs, I can play them the way they want me to play them, I can get along with everybody, I can do that. But fitting in requires a different thing. And it's not a reflection on who these other people are. It's, it's, it, it was just, I, I was not really fitting in, 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 and it's, it's just hard to explain, but man, that, that is exactly what I felt. And I'm like, I am tired of trying to fit in. 
yeah. to places where and fitting I just in is don't. necessary sometimes. Like it's it's you know we we all we all do it. We've all done it in the interest of working. Um, but a one-off at know. a club is one thing, or or right. you know, or, or driving in and sound checking and doing the gig, you know, and then saying goodnight. But like when you are on the road, I mean, that is a small part part of the time that you're spending together mm-hmm. is on stage. But you have to do a lot of other things together. And um, again, some of these guys, I they're I consider them good friends, and they continue to be my friends. But they are not. Um, it, it's just a different kind of thing when you are required to spend a lot of time together. Yeah. And I, I think part, part of it is like being on the road, but, um, you know, I, I think about it more as, um, what, like whatever, whatever the situation is, whether it's a road gig or a local band or, um, you know, a, if you're a, a session drummer, like, you know, a producer you work with or a kind of whatever, like, yeah. um, it's it's about are, like are you are you wrapping yourself around the gig um and trying to like be liquid enough to to fill whatever shape that container is or can like can you find a situation where there is a u-shaped hole and you can just go in there and be yourself and right. be valued and be recognized and and not have to contort, not have to fit in. Yeah. Because yeah. if like if you belong, you you don't have to fit in. If you belong, then you don't have to try to fit in. You just yeah. do. You just be yourself. Um, yep. I hear you. So so like um in terms of where you want to belong, like I I don't know <laughs> I don't know if you can answer this question, but are you looking around at um, parts of the Nashville scene or, or types of music or mm-hmm. situations where you're like, yeah, I want something like that? Kind of. Uh, yes and no. Um, I, I'm giving myself a little bit of a break um, and uh, I am w- looking for work, you know, and, and doing some different things, you know, to, to get that work. But I'm also uh, not thinking about it, not overthinking it. Um, I've got some long-term uh, goals, and um, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking, uh, you know, t- ten years down the road, kind of what I want to be doing, and and part of that involves in in uh, commercial music writing and different things like that, and so I'm slowly hmm. building my library up of of doing things like that, and and some of the I'm trying to think, Mason Ingram is a is a guest that we had on that's been doing some of that. There's been some former guests that are into that there's a there's a uh, somebody that i'm looking forward to be to interviewing in the coming year that is very involved in commercial writing uh from a drummer standpoint and uh but um but also uh i i'm i want to get back to juggling lots of many things um Hmm. you know as opposed to having one thing and and there are people you know in, in in different communities that um i i just have I need to get back into, but I haven't completely been proactive in that respect. Um, right. But I'm also just not afraid to just kind of take a breath, figure out what's going on, um, and and where to focus my energies. So it's 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 day by day because you know it's it's like looking at this huge responsibility this huge pile like where do i start well just start with one thing so yeah. that's kind of where i'm at and i'm reestablishing relationships with people who've been calling me the last couple of years and say hey listen i know you have a lot of people that are off the road right now it's january it's typical 
for people to be off the yeah. road and say, hey, call me, I'm in town. So like, how do I do that without being super annoying? Um, right. But listen, enough about me, but what? tell me, is there something about this gig now that you are doing that is reflective of any relationships through the podcast, any experiences, anything that you've learned that has led you to this place? Well, first of all, I mean, the uh, this this gig is a direct result of my relationship with Q Robinson and mm-hmm. my relationship with Q Robinson is a direct result of this podcast. Like I, I introduced myself to Q at a drum event in Atlanta because I wanted to interview him. Yeah. Um, and so I thought like that, at, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Yeah. That is um, very exciting. I love that. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, I don't. I don't know if I've completely recounted uh, how this happened on on the podcast, but the the nutshell version of it is um, Q Q started doing this gig in October 2021. Um, he got me in the loop to kind of start subbing for him in April 2023. So I would like I, I audited the show when they were in Atlanta. Um, I met the MD Smitty. Um, and so that was kind of the beginning of it. A, f- a few months after that, Q got the opportunity to audition for Hamilton. He got that gig. And when he got that gig, he was like, never mind this subbing thing. Like, do you want this chair? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the short answer was yes. So he, you know, he recommended me to Smitty. He recommended me to um, the contractor and the music supervisor in New York. Um, I was not on their radar at all because I don't live in New York and I'm just not in that world. Um, so Q got me in the door. Um, he got me on their radar. I still had to go through the video audition process, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, but I ended up getting the gig. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, my, my relationship with Q is, uh, just, uh, the the entire reason <laughs> that yeah. I got this gig, yeah, and you know I, I've thought about how you know we we've we preach a lot on the podcast about um, you know uh, it, th- this entire business is relationships. It's not about networking, whatever the fuck that means. It's about relationships, um, and you never know how or when a relationship that you have is going to come through and put something in front of you. Um, at the time this offer came around, um, I was investing time and money and energy and getting up to Nashville more often. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I felt like, uh, even, even before the pandemic, the Atlanta scene just started to dip a little bit. Um, and, uh, just, you know, sort of uh, when, when I moved there in 2016, it just it felt like it was really crackling with a lot of creativity and a lot of cool people. And, and there there is still that creativity and, and those really amazing artists still there. But um, a few people moved away. A couple of places shut down. Um, it's it's kind of in <laughs> it's it's in a rebuild phase right now. <laughs> yeah. It's that foot it's that football team that has to spend a couple of years sort of like investing. So um, you know, I was getting up to Nashville more often. I wanted to put myself in in more positions for the kind of work that I wanted to do. Um, and and I was I was going up there and and Q uh, called me up and he was like, you know, I know I know you've had your eye on Nashville and 
kind of getting up there and doing that thing, but fuck it, let's get you on a Broadway tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- th- those were literally his words. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, like it, you know, it, it was, it was a hard left turn to shift my focus from Nashville to Broadway tour. Um, but pretty quickly I was like, this, this opportunity is worth pursuing. And if I get it, it is worth doing. You are as far from Nashville as you can get. You're on the West coast. (laughs) Right. I'm in San Diego right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, you know, I, uh, everything that we've talked about on the podcast just came through, you know, like a, a longstanding close relationship that, that I have, um, is the source of the biggest opportunity I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's been stories and we've gotten emails and messages over the years of people saying, uh, I've listened to this and it's time for me to, to make a, a big step forward in my drumming career, whether it's leave my full-time gig or move to this town or finally put myself out there in the community uh, or um, I'm investing in some gear so that I can start building my home studio and different things like that. And that, that alone has just been, um, just so inspiring, uh, for, for me, uh, hopefully to you too, to, uh, continue to do this. It, it, it brings me a lot of joy and it kind of makes it, it fun. And at this point, a lot of people, you know, I say, Hey, then, you know, coming up on episode 400, like, man, that's so crazy. Like you've accomplished this. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, I've had some help, obviously, you know, we've done it together, but um, I, at the, it, it really kind of has taken on a life of its own, where it mm-hmm. just, we just kind of have to be present and, um, and, and hit record and, and hopefully years of experience in interviewing and being able to know how to maintain that, that conversation pace yeah. and all those things uh, is important, I, especially when I go back and listen to some of the earlier ones that I did. I was like, oh, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. For real. And I mean, that's a that's a great point, because um, my my ability to uh, just sort of get outside myself and have a conversation and make somebody feel comfortable um, has contributed directly to uh you know, whatever success I'm having or am going to have as a musician, because we, you know, we talk all the time about the hang Mm -hmm. um, and, and forming relationships. And like you, you can't hang, you can't form relationships if you don't know how to talk to people and don't know how to listen to people. Um, And it's something that I was not great at. Like I had to get good at it to do the podcast. Um, So all of these sort of, personal skills that I've had to develop on the podcast um, continue to serve me in my work, not just in terms of getting work, um, but in terms of like maintaining relationships with the people I work with, like my, my ability to be outgoing and, and, you know, fake extroversion mm-hmm. <laughs> when mm-hmm. I have to uh, is contributing to the relationships that I'm forming on this tour. Um, and, you know, navigating different personalities and, and, um, not, not letting myself, uh, slip into, uh, negativity. (laughs) Well, I think that there's a lot of that, that where you and I are very cut from the same cloth as far as just being able to interact with people and have the, um, just 
energy, uh, you know, emotional or otherwise to be engaged. And I, there's people and numerous examples of musicians and drummers around us that are like, gosh, how, how do they do that? On, constantly on, constantly going out, constantly, you know, quote unquote networking. And that's ex- I'm just exhausted. I, I just, I want to yeah. go home and I want, you know, I, I don't want to do that. I don't, I'm tired of talking with people and, and how to do that, how to be present when you know it's, it's, it's necessary. Um, and, and, and that's, it's challenging for me. I mean, I know how to do it now. Uh, yeah. and, and right now is where it's really gonna matter because I'm in that networking phase cause I have to kind of st- almost start over from scratch mm-hmm. and go back and, uh, you know, luckily I've been here long enough that a lot of people know who I am and, you know, I can just, just say, Hey, how are you? Good to see you again. And you know, whatever. And remember that <laughs> yeah, gig yeah. we played together. Remember those gigs we all played together and. So I'm not starting from scratch, but I kind of am. So I have to really put that in practice. So it's it's testing my skill set that has been nurtured through just doing this as an interviewer and also talking to people, whether it's, you know, like listening to your interview with Brendan Buckley, uh, you know, or people that, uh, you know, know how to be an extrovert when needed. Right. And, and especially out on the road, I'm finding that... Um it's 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 not just about uh, being able to do it in the moment and knowing how to do it. It's about getting yourself ready to do it, like earlier in the day. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, like the the best the best explanation of introverts versus extroverts I ever heard was uh, I was talking to a friend of mine in Atlanta, and he said um, for for extroverts, social interaction is a deposit. Mm-hmm. It it fills them up, right? For introverts, social interaction is a withdrawal. It's an extraction. So people think that introverts don't like being around people. Right. And that's, it's, it's not true. It's, it's not that we don't like it. It's that it costs us. And if we're going to do it, we have to save up. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, day to day, just my awareness of that, like I'm, again, it's, you know, I'm really good at self-care and I'm carving out time where I can just like be alone, be quiet, you know, that's what fills my tank. That's so like, I I go, I go into social interactions or I go into a show or I go into a post show hang with a full tank because earlier in the day I've, I've, I've seen it coming. It's like, no, I can't fuck around all day. I can't go have lunch with this, that, and the other. Like I need to be alone so that I can hang later and not want to kill myself or somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) And that on a tour, on a bus tour, there's no room for, or there's little room or that explanation of an introvert. It takes the way, the way you explained it. Yeah, like a withdrawal. A withdrawal. I've I've explained that to some of my touring buddies. Listen, I don't consider myself an introvert, but I have to say that social interaction sometimes it I need to build up and I need to have some reserve in the tank to be able to be present so we can have fun. We can hang. I'm here for the show. I'm here for the afterwards. I said, but you know, I know you guys want to go do this stuff. You want to go out to lunch. You want to do that stuff. Guess what? I'm going to go find the gym. Please don't take it personally, because some people really do, yeah. man. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going through the list just real quick uh, on um, the new fancy website. <laughs> yeah. 
to strip. Thank down. you for doing that, by the way. Yeah, that, like we we have a we have a new website, and I contributed precisely nothing to it. <laughs> Matt Matt did it all. So, um, working on the support page, getting the Patreon page uh, connected to that. Not not quite hundred percent. But I was going through this. So uh, the opening page is just a bunch of just the the streaming thing through megaphone, where you can click it. It's just it's less slick, but it hopefully a little bit easier to access. And I was kind of going through this last year, and you know the last you know hundred episodes we've done, and I'm thinking about man, just all the different people, and how fun it's been, and kind of um, some of the fanboy stuff that I've experienced. Um, uh, so not to take anything away from like all these great interviews that I've had, but, um, with, 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 with friends and, and, and people that I've learned so much from, but gosh, some of them, I'm just like, man, that, what, what a great thing. Uh, I'm thinking of Nick Raskulinix and how fun that was the, yeah. the producer and, um, it, geez, just as uh, Sean Pelton from Saturday Night Live, just yeah, one of the yeah. fucking coolest individuals uh, I've ever met in my life. Um, Talk about belonging in a gig, man. <laughs> yeah, um, Jerry Gaskill. I mean, it's just this. It's been so fun. Is there anybody? In, oh, Shannon Forrest. Holy shit. Yeah, so Shannon cool, Forrest. man. Man, God just damn. deep, deep guy. You know, I, so with 314, so this is the last 100, you interviewed Brody Simpson, and that was one of the funnest interviews I've heard. He was... Brody is a riot, man. Brody is just like so, first of all, just ridiculously <laughs> talented. <Yes>. Like <laughs> Whether it's it's the kind of like glitch grooves that he does or the, the sounds that he concocts in the studio, it's just... He's a fucking alien. But then beyond that, he's a fucking character. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the fact that he's Australian just adds to it. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's kind of he's kind of irreverent and just really witty and sarcastic and dry. Um, and, you know, it, it's someone who knows who he is and just isn't afraid to be 100 percent who he is. Like he knows what kind of music he wants to make. He knows what he gives a shit about. Um, and, and he'll tell you, um, another one that I really liked was, uh, Willie Rodriguez, um, who's a, he is of, of Puerto Rican heritage, but lives in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, mostly like a, a jazz kind of like R and B groove guy. Um, but showed up on the latest Mars Volta record. Um, and, uh, you know, those are two great examples of, of just like guys who know who they are. They know who they are behind the set. They know who they are out in the world. Um, and they're just, they're being it and doing it. Um, and it's, it's not always, especially in the case of, of Willie, he's not real loud about it. I mean, Brody isn't loud about it, but he has a much more active, uh, social media presence. Um, and yeah, I mean, Willie is just like, doing his thing in New York and he's playing the music that he gives a shit about. Um, and you know, he didn't, he didn't go after the Mars Volta gig. It just happened through again, a series of relationships. Um, and he was able to like, he, he, he ended up on that Mars Volta record to be himself. It's, you know, it, it wasn't like he was expected to fit into, you know, some previous box that some previous Mars Volta drummer had built. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, somebody, it was, it was like, no, I want you to be Willie in Mars Volta. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, going back to the belonging thing, it's like, um, I've, I've talked to some people who have just found situations or bands or gigs or scenes, um, where who they are and what they are belongs. Um, didn't Billy Drummond talk, of, talk some about that as well? Yes, for sure, for sure. Um, and he's coming at it from the standpoint of like a, a dyed-in-the-wool jazzer, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and uh, so, yeah, just these, these examples of... Like, you, you can't engineer it. You can't sort of engineer your own belonging. I think you just have to work on yourself and really get a clear idea, like these guys, who am I? What do I give a shit about? And just stay on the lookout for, uh, you know, like I said, U-shaped boxes that you can just drop into. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more, you know, the more you know about yourself and the more you invest in relationships that value who you are and see who you are, um, you know, the, the greater the possibility that, that that'll happen. You can't make it happen. You just have to be (laughs) you just have to be you and and keep an eye out (laughs) right right take care of it Uh, anybody on the horizon that or anybody that you are looking forward to talking to like i'm thinking about and i don't have the name of this drummer but the drummer that i mentioned that is doing commercial music um that i have not even reached out to but i'm like he's on my radar i'm excited about bringing that to the table for our listeners who maybe are interested in exploring that aspect of making music and making a career along with what I said about uh, interviewing uh, David Garibaldi um, and uh, oh and then uh, the drummer for Tears for Fears uh, I've got lined up uh, to talk to next week but anybody that you can think of well I, I conducted two interviews uh, when I was in LA. Um, and one of them was, uh, with, uh, Matt Starr. So there, there are two Matt Stars in LA and you've interviewed one of them. Okay. Um, I was like, right. cause we've done that before. Like, man, this guy would be great to interview. And I was like, Oh wait, Zach's already interviewed him. <laughs> yeah, no. So, so like, uh, a bald guy, mustache, ace, freely drummer, Matt Starr. Mm-hmm. Like you, you talked to him a couple years back. I right. think, um, there was another Matt Starr who, um, has been a friend of mine for a while. Like we, we hung out quite a bit when I lived in LA. Um, and he was actually the first person that I interviewed for this podcast. Like when you brought me on Mm -hmm. the first interview that I did was with my buddy, Matt. Um, and he ended up not wanting to release it because I think he, he just wasn't comfortable with a couple things he said or a couple things that he failed to say. I, I don't remember exactly. Um, but it, you know, it, it, it's taken me this long, to my shame, to to come back around. But I was like, I'm in LA. I want to talk to Matt. I want to get him on the podcast. And it, um, you know, it was it was one of those conversations about like just it was a life in music conversation. It wasn't really a drums conversation. Um, and so it was it was great to reconnect with him and just be reminded like why we got along so well and why we hung out so much. Because uh, again, uh, you know. 
it's it's my fault mostly that I, we hadn't really talked we hadn't really stayed in contact since since i moved away like once in a while there'd be an instagram message or something um but that that interview and spending the day with him reminded me that like no i got to stay in touch with this guy like he's he's good people we're good together yeah um uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to every, he's, he's on tour with Sarah McLaughlin right now. Like oh. he just landed that big gig about eight months ago. Oh, I'm such um, a fan. I love her. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the next day <laughs> I interviewed Jay Belarus at his house. Oh, great. Um, and man, what a force of nature that guy is. Talk mm -hmm. about, talk about being 100% yourself behind the kit and away from it like he is just such a specific um brand he he has he has put zero effort or thought into creating a brand but he just is one <laughs> right yeah yeah um so uh so yeah just his approach his thought process um you know his his whole uh, oeuvre, if I can use that word, was <laughs> was just really really amazing to spend <laughs> to spend some time with. Um, so yeah, those are the next two that I have coming up, um, and I, I I don't know what beyond that. We'll was Alex Acuna on your list, or was that something yes, that got bumped? He 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 is he was and and he still is. Um, we uh, we started an interview and I had uh, Zoom technical difficulties and I kind of had to bail on it and and try to reschedule it. Uh, so I'm you know with with his manager I'm sort of waiting to hear back when uh, when we can reschedule that. I, I want a manager. I need a manager. <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> Well, so yeah, yeah, and 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 we saw Jay Belarus uh, perform here at Nashville. I, there was a little guitar thing at uh, Nelson Drum Shop, and uh, I took my son Isaac to see and and with Jay, and it was just I kind of wanted to say something to him and approach, but it was just there were so many drummers around, it just kind of just didn't feel right at the time. So I'm so happy that you connected with him because he's been on my radar for a long time and. Yeah. 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 Um and he's he's totally he's totally cool. He's totally approachable as as you'd expect. Um but I actually met him in Nashville. Um I was I was hanging out with Jordan Pearlson. Mm -hmm. Um I was checking out Jordan's gig actually at um uh Rudy's and uh during a set break I was I was talking with Jordan and this this guy walked up and I kind of recognized him and and they knew each other like big hugs all around and Jordan turned to me and he was like do you know Jay Belarus and I was like fuck that's who that is <laughs> um, yeah so yeah we like we had a good hang the three of us there at at Rudy's and then um, I got to play a gig in Atlanta with uh, the guitarist Molly Miller okay who lives in who lives in L A um, Jay is her drummer for that, that's who we went to see. Right, Nelson. Yeah. Oh, the, that trio. We, we saw Molly Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. With Jay playing drums. So, was was Jay's wife Jen on bass? I believe so. I mean, female bass player. Uh, I'm yeah. guessing it was. So yeah, that's that's his wife Jen Condos. We, we did chat with um, her, as a matter of fact. Yeah, and that's they're great. both just they're they're both just absolute gems. So like, I played this gig with Molly and Jen in Atlanta. And Jen was like, "Are you? Are you? Do you, you want to see Jay with Robert Plant and Allison Krauss? Like they're playing, they're playing Chastain Amphitheater next week." 
So she like she texted Jay and was like, hey, I'm with this guy, Zach. He said he met you. And Jay was like, yeah, absolutely. Come to the show. And he got us backstage passes. And like one, it was one of the most unbelievable gigs, unbelievable shows I have ever seen from mm-hmm. from a musical standpoint, from a technical sound standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, from a general sort of artistry standpoint, it was just gobsmackingly good. Um that's so, so, cool. uh, yeah. so yeah, I, you know, I said at, at that time I had just gotten the ain't too proud gig that was in later in August, I think. Um, and so I, I knew I was going to be in LA for three weeks and, and, uh, I said, you know, when I'm going to be there in, in December, like, let's sit down and do an interview. And he was like, absolutely, you know, hit me up and true to his word, I got here and I was like, I'm here. And he was like, come over. So, uh, Gosh, yeah. it's it's. I mean, it's so weird, man. There's so much talent. And there's so many drummers constantly that we're discovering and and running across. And like, how have how have we not interviewed this guy or this girl or whatever for you know whatever? And then also at the same time, the community is close, is small, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So the all the calls we've gotten in for this episode have been a strong reminder of why it is that I continue to uh, be excited to produce this podcast. And uh, we talk about it every time we come around to the 100th. Uh, every 100 episodes, we kind of do a little thing like this. I'm not really sure why it, it happened. It just has. And it is fun because it's just a chance to pause and reflect. Um, and um, yeah, it's 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 still really fun and i feel like there's just more and more to discover and more and more to do and i appreciate you appreciate our partnership and the work yeah, that you, you put and I, in and and our in our just similar uh view and um uh i want to say like the, the 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 last hundred episodes um has been like those those two years represent kind of the you know the the second half of the worst of the pandemic yeah um and and also right in the middle of that was uh my my father-in-law's death and oh so over the last two years like one you know one of the reasons that we've made it to 400 is that like you have have picked up slack when you know shit in my life blew up um and you know apart apart from that apart from you doing extra episodes when when i needed you to um just in general when when things are kind of humming along you're usually doing more work than i am <laughs> on well, on the podcast like, it, like you you carry uh you you carry a, a heavier workload generally for for making this happen than i do so uh i really appreciate yeah, you sure, man. doing everything you do and and carrying it when you needed to uh, and and getting us to this milestone. Just trying to make my feel, myself not feel guilty if I don't if I'm not playing that day or have a gig or a session. So self care, man. Self care. Yes. Do do nothing. It's good for you. So next week, I think you're on next week. Are you not on? Yeah, Matt Matt Starr is going to be next week. All right, Matt Starr next week. So I don't know. Do we do an do we do an outro or is this our outro? Everyone, hey, so there you go. There was our conversation. There was our 400th chat. Oh, no, let me, let me, let me do this. There you go. Matt Krause. What a guy, right? (laughs) So there you have it. My conversation with Zach Albetta. Oh, man, that was tough. I just felt like I didn't know what to say. Um, 
gosh, he was those one word answers just makes no man. Like, it was good. It was good. I'm never it calling was him. I never that, yeah. like it wasn't. It wasn't live, man. We we've got the edit button. Like, we'll do it live. We'll do what? it live. Jesus. Um, um. So next week, stay tuned next week yeah. for Zach Albetta's interview with Matt Starr. No, not that Matt Starr. I did that motherfucker a long time ago. This is a right. new Matt Starr. The other Matt Starr. The other Matt Starr. Maybe, maybe, maybe my Matt Star is is the Matt Star, and your Matt Star is the other Matt Star. Yeah, you probably ever think right. about that. Are you, are you yeah, taking advantage of my insecurities? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks so much for listening. Uh, stay safe. Uh, get vaxxed. <laughs> <laughs> what else can we say here, to piss people here off? Here come the emails. <laughs> here come the emails. Just talk about the drums, man. Why you got to get political about the vaccine? Oh, I don't know. Because I just well, maybe we can we can do that. That's another, another, <laughs> another podcast. All right. Well, we're gonna cut it. We went way over, and I gotta. I'm gonna do some shit with this, but I'm shocked. Be out. Yeah. Well, have fun, man. Have fun this week, and um. Hopefully I get a chance to see you on this thing. Yeah, we're coming to Nashville in March. So, so that'd be it. it. That'd be great. Well, maybe yep. we can do a one-on-one interview. That'd be great. We'll figure it out. All right. Yeah. Good to see you, man. You too. I'll see you later. Bye. Right on. Bye. Bye.